I just got back from doing some missions work late last week to Guatemala. And so I have three kids, and I got to go on this trip with my 17-year-old. And so here's a pic of us on this trip. Um, I love her. She's the best. Um, by the way, if you want to change your perspective and have your life change, man, go on a missions trip. Find a way to go on a missions trip. It really helps you to just have a, a different viewpoint of your love for humanity and the closest that you need to be with Jesus. But as you see this picture, we're both smiling and happy. Part of it is a tropical storm just came through and we're alive. So that's after a tropical storm. We're in Antigua there. And those smiles also changed very quickly the next day when I met a gentleman named Gustavo. Okay. So I met a guy named Gustavo, and one of the things that we did on this trip is we built two homes, um, two small homes for families in a little village outside of Antigua. And it was myself, and then there was a 17-year-old named Logan. We were commissioned with the task of laying cinder block and concrete floor for this home. And Gustavo was the local gentleman who was working as the contractor, making sure that the things got done and that we kept moving and that we knew what we were supposed to be doing. Gustavo didn't speak hardly any English. Gustavo was probably in his late 50s. And Gustavo was crazy and never, ever, ever wanted to stop working. <laughs> ever. And we're Americans and we sometimes take breaks. And <laughs> dude was not ever going to be taking a break. And so I heard what we were going to be doing, and we were going to be laying concrete foundation and pouring into cinder blocks, and, and I've, I've helped do concrete work before, and so my mind immediately thinks, you know, like when we go to Lowe's or Home Depot, we go by the quick crete, we mix in water, you have a little mixer, it's, it's, it can be hard work, but it's doable. No, that is not what we were doing. We were having big, huge mounds of dirt, sifting the dirt, mixing it with gravel, Putting water, it was like we were back in like Old Testament times. I don't know if you've ever seen like the Ten Commandments when they're stomping on mud. That's what I felt like we were doing. And we were making like concrete, the old school, hard, backbreaking, tiring way. And Gustavo was not going to ever stop. And so it's just me and Logan, and we're sitting out there, and we're, we're just, we're going, we're going, and he's pushing us hard. And I figured out a way that I could take a break. See, I'm a guy that's kind of in charge. And so I said, I need to go check on the other house. And so, <laughs> hey, uh, so I went and checked on the other house. They're way behind us because they don't have Gustavo trying to kill them. So I come back and we're taking, we're, we have five gallon buckets. And so we're scooping after we've mixed all this stuff together and it's tiring to do that. And we scoop it into the buckets and we've already laid the center block. We've dug stuff out and now we're starting to lay... The, the ground and the floor. And I've done a little bit of this before, and I know if you fill those buckets all the way to the top, they are incredibly heavy. So you fill them halfway, three-quarter way, and you just keep going. So I do what I know, and Gustavo just looks at me like, are you an idiot? I'm like, what? He wants them all the way full every single time. Because Gustavo has that old man strength, I don't know if you guys ever met like those 60-year-old dudes that can like bench press 300 pounds still, can lift a hippopotamus. That's Gustavo. I'm picking up one five-pound bucket. He's like picking up two, and he's all of five foot four. And I'm like, dude, is, this is crazy. But he's, he's ready to rock and roll. And Logan and I are getting tired. Logan's like, can we be done? I'm like, no, we got to keep going. Gustavo's pushing us. 
And so finally, Logan gets his attention. And remember, the guy doesn't speak very much English, but he says, how, how much more? And Gustavo gives us two, and he says two, and he points. And we're like, okay, two more buckets full, mix it up, put it in the buckets. We can do this. No big deal. So we're like, we can do anything for another five minutes. We kept telling ourselves that. And we, we scoop it in there, and we think we're done. Gustavo looks at the buckets, and then he kind of looks at us. I'm like, what is going on? And he says, and so I can understand Spanish pretty well. And at first, also, he was talking trash about Logan and I in Spanish. <laughs> Until I told him I could understand what he's saying, and I said it to him in Spanish. And then he goes, oh. <laughs> and that was about the end of that. And so he says, ¿Qué estás haciendo? So he's saying, what are you doing? And I'm like, we filled up the two buckets. And so I told him, we filled up the two buckets. And he just kind of chuckles. And I'm like, why is he chuckling? What is this? This is not funny. And he says, Mueves la tierra. So he's, he said, move the ground, move the dirt. Like, move the, and he points over at the big mound of dirt that we were using to make more cement. He wanted two more wheelbarrow carts full of dirt for us to keep making more cement. He didn't want two more. And I was like, I'm about to bury this guy with the dirt. <laughs> Let me tell you what, Gustavo was a hard worker. And we got, our, we got our house done almost a day before the other people did because he was ready to rock and roll. But what he said to me led to the title of my message today. And I'm going to have you guys say this a bunch of times. So everybody say this big and loud. Say, move the dirt. So since you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. And the parable we're going to be talking about today it can be found in Matthew chapter 7. And it starts in verse 24. So Matthew 7 verse 24 it says this, There everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who's built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. Let me pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for scripture. God, I pray that it would guide and lead the direction of this message today. God, that people's lives would be changed and they would understand the importance of moving dirt. God, let your word speak louder than mine. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, a few years ago, we were buying a house. We bought homes before, but we had moved to Clarksville about seven years ago and we rented for a year and a half, two years, and then we went into the process of buying a house. And so I don't know if you guys have been through the process, but there's one thing about buying a house I love. It's open houses, and here's why. I like cookies a lot. And I, oh, you're only a good open house if you have cookies, and I'm not talking about like, I'm talking about fresh baked, make the house smell good cookies. Don't be putting out those Oreos. That's lame and cheap, okay? Give, <laughs> take a little bit of extra time. It's all about the cookies. But I remember looking at a bunch of different houses, and I'm not a builder, so I don't know a lot. I'm just looking at what's the neighborhood look like. I walk into a master bathroom, and I'm like, does it have two sinks? Because I'm not sharing all this sink with all this hair stuff and all this makeup junk. i got to spit my toothpaste. Okay? And so we're, we're looking at these homes, and I'm noticing just the superficial type of stuff. And our real estate agent obviously has done this for a while, and she's noticing different things than I'm noticing. We go into a house, and I think, man, I kind of like this house. 
And she points up and she's like, do you, do you see that? And I'm like, what? And it looks like somebody's taken a little bit of spackle and put it on the wall and put a little paint there. I'm like, well, I've moved out of homes before. You do little touch-ups here and there. And she points us out in a few different spaces and she, she goes, this house has some kind of foundational issue. She goes, and what they're doing is they're trying to oh, cover up some of the cracks in the walls that actually show that there's a foundational issue to the house. So I don't know what it's like here in Paducah, but Clarksville is basically built on top of limestone caves and everything kind of settles. And so all the houses settle a little bit, but you have to figure out, is it settled and there's just a little bit of cracks or is there a foundational issue that's even deeper? And as we began to look at this and she started pointing these things out to me, she started noticing which ones maybe looked like they had more of a deeper issue. And I think many of us do the same thing in our lives. We spend a great deal of time and energy and expense trying to fix the cracks in our life with superficial patchwork type fixes. We live in a time where we can just be very surface level. And on the outside, we look like things are presented well. We know how to filter a picture well. We know how to suck in the gut. Girls, you know how to pop. I don't know. What, the, what is this? Stop doing these. I don't know these weird poses you do at Instagram. But we know how to make things look good. And on the outside, everything just appears to be right. But when you look deeper, there's a foundational issue. And what I'm going to encourage us to do is to stop covering up cracks and to learn to dig a little bit deeper, to move some dirt, and to fix our foundation. So everybody say it again. Say, move the dirt. So in the story Jesus tells, there are two men. And the two men had some similarities that I want to point out. First of them, first off, they both wanted to build a house. I believe there's a desire for all of us to build, to build a better life, a better family, a better community, a better church, a stronger faith. I don't think any of us set out to build something that's failed or disastrous. And so Jesus is speaking to two men who have a similar intention to build. And another thing they have in common is both men heard the instructions and teachings of Jesus. It says, anyone who hears these words. So this story and this message was being directed towards a group of people who had just heard the greatest sermon ever preached because it was preached by Jesus. If you read the previous two chapters, Jesus has taught them all about his love. He's taught them about generosity, about choosing joy, how to live differently. And the next thing they had in common is they're both going to experience a storm. They're both going to experience a flood. And I'd love to tell you that when you give your life to Jesus, when you start surrendering and following him, that things are going to be like, sunshine, lollipops, and roses, but that just isn't the case. Jesus said, in this world, there's going to be trouble. He talked about this storm is going to come either way. It's kind of like junk mail. We all get it, okay? It's going to happen. But this is where the comparison ends and the contrast begins. Because one man is called wise, and one man is referred to as a fool. It tells us right there that one person is the one that we want to model and learn from, and the other one is someone that we can still learn from, but we should probably learn from them what not to be doing. So it leads us to the question, how do I strive to be more like the wise man and avoid being like the fool? So I think there's a few things we can do, and it starts off with this, and it's always the most important one. Trust Jesus. First point, trust Jesus. The first thing we have to remember is that this message was given by Jesus 
And it's, it starts off with anyone who hears these words of mine. So Jesus is saying, listen to what I have to say. Emphasis on the word mine, talking about Jesus, the messenger. Today, some of you may have, you're here for the first time, or you're, you need to be reminded of this again. Let me remind you who Jesus is. Jesus is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He brings hope to the hopeless. We are all sinners, and that sin separates us from God and ultimately leads to death. But God is abounding in love. God is a reconciler and a redeemer. He sent his son Jesus to die in our place. And on the third day, he rose. And that resurrection is what my faith is built on. It's what I encourage you to build your faith on. And he wants to have right relationship with you. God extends to you his forgiveness and his grace. And that is the truth and the foundation that our entire life should be built on. The truth is many of us have heard about the goodness and love, but we still just keep grasping on to something else. You know, when we were building that foundation, we had to do a lot of work with shovels, digging stuff, moving things. It takes that work to kind of get deeper and to go and to, to make a difference and to start to lay that foundation. And it's a tool that's important. But a lot of us, we don't want to pick up a shovel. Instead, we carry around an umbrella. And here's what I mean by that. An umbrella gives you a false sense of security in the midst of a storm. It keeps you dry to a point, And it's just like the things that we've learned to rely on in life. Money, jobs, health, status, power, family. You've learned to prop those things up kind of like an umbrella. And when the rain comes, it feels like, hey, I got enough money. I feel safe. My family's around me. I feel safe. But you ever seen somebody with an umbrella when an actual storm hits? I spent some time living in Florida where actual storms hit. And an umbrella is not going to keep you safe from an actual storm. It flips upside down, turns around, you end up dropping it, and you're just soaked, drenched, wet, and left out cold in the storm. Please understand, you can't grip the umbrella and pick up the shovel at the same time. You might be prepared for rain, but when a storm comes, you need a shelter to run to. That's why God's saying it's time today to start picking up the shovel, to start moving the dirt, to get ready to do something significant and different in your life. So everybody say it again. Say, move the dirt. So we're going to trust Jesus. Second thing I want you to learn to do truthfully is trust Scripture. Trust the Word of God. Pick up the shovel. It says, whoever hears these words of mine, it's an active participatory hearing of this word. We have, we have to learn to hear and trust the word of God, to trust the truths found in scripture. You know, we live in a, a time when it's, everything's customizable and we can have things our own way. We watch what we want to watch. We get news the way we want to get news. We, we have exactly like things that are just customized. Did you know you can get custom deodorant based on your personality? I'm not kidding. You could look it up. It's the weirdest, dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I told one of my staff members that this is very offensive. Um, I said, you can get customizable deodorant. And they go, so what would your smell like? Burnt cookies? And I said, what is that supposed to mean? And they said, you know, it's kind of like you, a little like crunchy on the outside, but you're actually sweet when you, once you get in. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, that's so rude. But the truth is we become so accustomed to just having things the way that we want it, instead of submitting to the, to the word of God and really learning from scripture. 
We live in a world where we can just pick and choose what we like, and it can be easy to treat the Bible like the buffet line at Golden Corral. We treat passages about God's grace, his love, his forgiveness, like the chocolate fountain. And we keep dipping into those over and over. But we take verses that talk about holiness, about living differently, about giving up things that may be our own personal desires and dying to the flesh. And we treat them like Brussels sprouts on the ground. And we're like, ah, I'll get to that some other day. Stop treating scripture like the buffet line at Golden Corral and just say, okay, God, whatever you have to say to me, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And sometimes we need that chocolate fountain, but other times we need to get a little bit gassy with some broccoli. We need all of God's word. It's time for us to step away, pick up the word, pick up our shovels, and move some dirt. You know, I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate putting stuff together. Like, you know where Ikea, I, I loathe Ikea. If I want like... 147 screws and 14 pieces of wood and I'm not going to build your chair. It's going to look like a bench because I'm going to mess it up. But the truth is there's a manual that shows you how to build those things. It knows that there's a lot of pieces and the manufacturer knows how those pieces go together the right way to make the thing that you're trying to make. The Bible's way more than a manual or an instruction guide, but we have an ultimate manufacturer and God is the creator of heaven and earth. And scripture shows us the best way to live. It's more than an instruction manual. It's a manual that shows us here's who God is. Here's how he sees humanity. Here's the failures, the faults of us along the way. And here's how God wants to bring us together in right relationship. So go to scripture. Trust in its truth. Maybe you're new and you've never really picked up your Bible. Man, you don't have to become a world-renowned Bible scholar in a day. Like just start somewhere. And even if you just start where two chapters before the one we're reading, um, chapter five, it's where it starts that great sermon. Read that over and over this week. Just read the words of Jesus. See what he had to say and let it impact and influence your life. So we're going to trust Jesus. We're going to trust scripture. And then we're going to do this. Trust the process. When you pick up your shovel, it's time to move dirt. Verse 24 says, the wise man, the wise man, Put the word of God into practice. Everybody say it again. Say, move the dirt. Practice isn't fun. It just isn't. It isn't where people see you. It's not where people praise you. It's sweaty. It's hard. Sometimes it can be a little bit lonely. But practice is where you get stronger. Practice is where you get deeper. Practice is where you become more committed. I want you guys to start practicing your faith. Practice it. Move the dirt. Start digging deeper in who God wants you to be. The story of the two builders recorded similarly in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 47 and 48. And it says this way. There's something I love about this. It says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I'll, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house, and this is what I like, who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. This little section there, it says a simple phrase, they dug deep. I don't know if you've ever been to like a big town that's growing. Like I was just this past week, I took a couple of our team members and we went down to Nashville. And if you've been to a big growing town, you'll see sometimes these massive holes. You see these humongous holes and you're like, what are they doing? And what they're doing is they're excavating 
because they're about to lay a foundation to build something humongous going up. But before they can build something humongous going up, they move a lot of dirt and they lay a big foundation. And the truth is, God wants to build something amazing in your life, but there's going to be a lot of dirt that has to get moved out of the way. And a lot of us are settling to be woodsheds when God wants skyscrapers. And so we have to remove the woodshed foundation so God can get deep and he can do something incredible in us. So the question is, would you rather God build you into a skyscraper or a woodshed? Because you can't live a skyscraper life on a woodshed foundation. When God really wants to build something, you're going to be challenged to dig deep. There are going to be things you need to get rid of. There's going to be things you need to change. There's going to be dirt that maybe you've been clinging onto. And God is saying, what's he saying? Move the dirt. Get deeper. Get deeper. If God wants it out of the way, get it out of the way. Even if it seems like it's good, if God says move it, move it. And I understand that moving dirt is probably the most frustrating and difficult part. Because now you start shaking things up. Things start to look different. It's kind of like when I drove downtown this past week. And I'm like, what in the world are they doing? People are going to start looking at your life when you start practicing scripture. And you start doing and living out principles of, of what Christ wants you to do. And they're going to start being like, what are, they, what are you doing? Here's what I'm doing. I'm living out the word of God in my life. And it may look crazy to you, but he's building something new in me. You've got to determine, I've got my shovel, I'm putting God's word into practice, and I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to keep digging. I'm going to keep digging. He's tearing down this woodshed, and he's building a skyscraper. Everybody say it one more time. They move the dirt. There's one big truth that I want to hit on that I really believe to be true. It's God will never ask you to build your house in a way that neglects his church. So I'm not this church's pastor, but I am a pastor. So I'm going to pastor you guys for a second. So everybody say, I can take it. This gathering is something that God wants to continue to build. But in order for you guys to have a greater kingdom impact, you have to willingly be ready to go deeper. In the book of Haggai, we hear a message about building the temple. It was given to the people of Judah The people had gotten so self-focused on building their own homes and their own lives that they failed to prioritize rebuilding the temple. So Haggai 1.9 says this. It's God saying, You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains in ruin, while you're busy with your own house. Now, this, this passage was written to a specific people at a specific time, so I don't want to contextualize it just for us in this modern day, but I do believe that it still speaks some truth. Why would God bless the building of your personal life when you're in no way prioritizing what he values, which is the church and the community of faith? So again, let me pass to you for a second. There are thousands of people in this city who need Jesus who need a life-giving church, who need encouragement, and all that means they need you. They need your love. They need to see your generosity. They need you to get up a little bit earlier to serve this place on a Sunday so when they show up, you're ready for them, that you're ready to take care of their kids, that you're on the worship team, that you're opening doors. They need you. They need you to lead groups. They need you to love your neighbors. And I know honestly, 
A lot of you, when you hear that, hey, this church needs more of my time or money, you're like, I don't know how. I'm so busy. I've got so many things going on. And I know that to be true. Because immediately when we start thinking these things, we think, how can I add blank? And God is actually saying, what can you give up? He's not saying, how do you add more? He's saying, some of that stuff is dirt and it needs to get out of the way because I want you to get closer to me. So ask, what dirt do I need to move? If you've taken a break, if you've taken a break from serving your church, if you've taken a break from giving generously, if you've taken a break from inviting your neighbors, if you're just waiting to see who's the next leader going to be at Relevant, Who's the next leader going to be? And then maybe I'll get involved. Let me remind you of something. Christ is the foundation of this church. Whatever leader stands behind this pulpit needs to be submitted to the spirit of God because he's the ultimate authority and leader of this place. So if you've been waiting, no more procrastinating cock-a-doodle-doo breaks over. Let's go. Pick up a shovel. Do your part. You know, I speak at different churches. I, I see the people on my own, and I see a lot of clean shovels walking around church. I've been there before. You're like, i got so many other things to do, but I'd, say, I'd encourage you, man, start digging. Let's go. we got work to do. When an entire group begins to focus their movement on digging deep, applying Scripture, drawing close to Jesus, suddenly things start to change. This group has the potential to impact our city, In this region, there are people that are going through storms in life and they need a place of shelter so that they can start reminding themselves that they have a personal foundation to build as well, but they need a a place to run. And this can be a, a refuge and a place of hope and a community of faith, of love, and you guys need to be willing to just dig deep and go after it. Everyone say it again. Say, move the dirt. As our story ends, the storms The storms come. Storms hit both homes. The Bible tells us the rain and the sun fall on the just and the unjust. So it's saying the storms are coming either way. And as long as we live in this world, there's going to be trouble. But only one stands. Only one home stands, and it's the one that's built on the rock. And please understand this. This message just isn't about some behavior. I will never preach to you, become a better version of you. I will never preach to you just behavior modification. This passage is about drawing closer to Jesus. Be closer to Christ. Stand upon his truth. It's not about obedience. It's about being closer to Jesus. And as you draw close to Jesus, he'll draw close to you. One of the greatest ways to move dirt and become more aware of Christ's love is by forgiving. It's by serving. It's by being generous, getting out of yourself and pouring into others. Something always happens when we start digging deeper, moving dirt in a way to be generous and serving others. So let me end my message back where I started. I want to tell you about the kid I was working with. His name's Logan. Logan's 17 years old. And Logan had a lot of storms in his life. He had a chaotic home. He'd made a lot of poor personal decisions. And Logan was not interested in God. Honestly, he had a lot of dirt to move. But somehow, because of a a grandma that thought, hey, last shot, let's do this, he ended up on a mission trip to Guatemala. In our first two days, I wanted to strangle Logan. 
Logan kept disappearing. Logan kept to himself. Logan tried to smoke weed with one of the local Guatemalans. <laughs> During devotion time, Logan stayed up in his room. Logan kind of just grunted and kept his head down. But then Logan started doing something. He started seeing past himself and started serving other people. He stood beside me, digging out dirt and laying the foundation of a home the size of his bedroom back at home. He literally started moving and turning dirt. And bucket after bucket, scoop after scoop, God started turning dirt in his life. He started changing. He started doing things different. And God started laying a new foundation in Logan's life. Now, I've got a quick video to show you what happened. And at first, you'll see how Logan began. Head down, grunts. You'll see Gustavo. I don't like Gustavo, but he's in this video. <laughs> he's trying to kill us. But just kind of watch and see what God did. Logan, you were made for this. Yeah. You don't want to fill that all the way up. Yeah, he filled it all the way up. Really? <laughs> Tell me what's happening here. Oh, we're on the trip, and Logan Corman is getting baptized. He's giving his life to God. Logan. <laughs> we thank you and we bless your name right now. Logan, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Logan's countenance completely changed. All of a sudden, there's a smile on his face. And I've been on trips and camps and seen kids, you know, get that kind of just different rush and emotionalism, and it seems to change their life. But he comes out of the water, and he's soaking wet. And I see, I'm trying, I'm going to try not to cry saying this. I see Logan over to the side by himself. And he's got his phone out. And he's holding like this, and he, he gets done, and I go over to Logan, like, Logan, what are you what are you doing? And he said, I need to remember that this is the person I am. And he goes, I know I'm gonna go home back to normal and want to get back to normal. He said, But this is now my normal. I'm new because of Jesus, and I had to record a video to remind myself that this is the person I am. So when I do mess up, that I can still have a reminder of what Jesus did in my life. I'm like, oh my goodness. He gets it. He's laying a new foundation. The truth is, that's just one story, but God wants to do the same thing in all of our lives, to just wreck us, change us, but we have to be willing to dig a little bit deeper to move some dirt out of our lives and to start working on laying that foundation. So that's my question with you today. How's your foundation? What's your life really built on? When God looks at us, does he see a lot of patches and superficial fixes or does he see this person is digging deep to be close to me? And if, if you need to take a step today, take it. You know where Logan is this morning? He's at church. He's in our next steps class, getting ready to hopefully serve children. 
I would encourage you guys all to take some kind of similar step too, whatever it is. Whether it's going to your next steps class here, whether it's saying, I'm going to be generous to this church even though I don't know exactly what's going on. Whether it's, I'm going to lead a group, do something, dig a little bit deeper, draw closer to Christ because when we start serving and being generous, that's who God is. Why wouldn't he show up in our lives? So everybody say it one last time. Move the dirt. Move the dirt.